Hey, Will. Can you hear me? Hey, what's up, man? Yep. Uh, hold on one second. I'm trying to turn it up so I can hear you. Give me one second. Can you hear me? I can't hear him. Yep, I hear you. Hold on one second. We're trying to get the technical difficulties worked out. Can't hear? Test one, two. No, I can't hear him at all. Is this on? Oh. Oh. That's Well. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you now. Let me turn this down just a bit. All right. Um, so, like, in, in about a minute, what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to uh, do the show intro. And mm -hmm. I'll uh, I'll pot you down, and then I'll come back on, and uh, we'll just start chit chatting from there. Was Christina able to get on, or no? Well, I still have to get her on. Okay, okay, yeah. If you want to do that while we're waiting, that'd be cool. All right. All right. All right. Get ready to pot you down. Hold on one second. No, you can actually keep him up because he's not on the air. Okay. So hit stop here. Hit stop there. Stomp. And this is. Yeah. It's on. It's on. It's on. Okay, hit the play. Hit play. Everyone here. W R U U L P Savannah, Georgia. Yes. One hundred seven point five. Okay, you're there. I'm here. W R U U dot org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio call, so. with Global Soul. Welcome to Muses, Memoirs, and More, Savannah's show about authors, artists, and entertainers. I'm your host, Adam Messer. By the way, he stressed to me, make sure we use no potty language. Oh. Okay. I don't think. Hey, this is Adam Messer. Hey, this is Adam Messer, and I'm coming to you today for the first time with Muses, Memoirs, and More, your show about authors, artists, and entertainers. Uh, we're coming to you live from WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. Today's guest is today's guests actually are going to be uh, a couple of my friends um, that I met last year, and they um, they have their own radio show. They, uh, they also do paranormal investigation, and they write. They do a lot of cool things. It's Will Amarich and Christina Kiefer, and can you guys hear me? Yes. <laughs> Give me one second, guys. Technical difficulties. Okay. Can you hear? Me? Can you hear me, Will? Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Okay, and Christina, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, well, thank you all for coming on to the show. This is our first show, so I really am excited about you know being here. Um, like I said in the intro, we're uh, we're going to be doing uh, the show about authors, artists, and entertainers, and both of you fit the bill. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you guys are really entertaining. Uh, you have a lot of cool stuff going on and uh, i know you know you guys host your own radio show every week so i just wanted to you know ask you i appreciate you coming on the first show i just want to ask you if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself um well if you would go first and then christina that'd be great i'm uh will imerich i'm a paranormal investigator author of souls of norcross 
screenplay writer of various movies you've probably seen and I won't admit to, and uh, host of the I'm Reed show. Awesome. Hey, well, Christina, I'm Christina Kiefer. Uh, I have a background in ecology and, bi- and biology, but I'm also a paranormal investigator, and I've investigated over 10 years-ish. And I've been working with Will on the show for, gosh, two, three years now. I kind of lost track. But I'm, I'm the co-host on, on the radio show. In other words, she does everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did, the, how did the whole paranormal stuff get started with both of you? Uh, well, mine, it was kind of not like normal people. Most people... They have an experience when they're younger, and that kind of sparked interest to figure out kind of what's going on. I was just always interested in the field. I was obsessed with X Files. I was the only one that would ever get the rent the uh, UFO books from the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then whenever those uh, paranormal sto- shows started coming on, uh, like I think Taps. Um, Ghost Hunters was the first one. I watched that religiously, and then eventually, my it was random. My sister had joined a group, and she invited me to join with her. I was like, "What? Really?" I, I freaked out. I couldn't believe it. First, that there was other groups like in our area mm-hmm. that actually did that stuff, and then second, that they would actually <laughs> let me be on their team. Yeah. So then, after that, I was hooked. So, how about you, Will? How did you get Im- involved? I started in out that? the more traditional way. I had experiences, um, but mostly mine started with UFOs before it went to ghosts. I've had a lot of uh, UFO sightings and experiences and living in Costa Rica. But uh, I guess around my late teens. Living in Stone Mountain, Georgia, I had a lot of uh, paranormal uh, activity in the house I was living in. And as I got older, I realized that a lot of the main people at the time who was involved in uh, paranormal investigation were actually in my circle of friends and acquaintances. So talking with them and being invited to investigate with them, I learned more and more about the field. And since then, it's like i'm addicted to it it's a drug after a while i mean right now christina and i have been going through withdrawals recently because of my health condition i haven't been able to investigate that much and we haven't investigated now for about three months oh wow i know (laughs) yeah getting started (laughs) we may put that to an end tonight but we'll see well, I appreciate you uh, you being on here talking about it what's the craziest thing you've ever experienced during an investigation uh, can it be UFOs or does it have to be ghosts? Whatever, whatever you think is, uh, you know, kind of the craziest thing you've ever <laughs> experienced. Because I know you guys the are writing a book that you're working on about your investigations, right? Yeah, yeah, and it, it's going to be fun because it's like the, the book <laughs> is going to be a lot like the radio show. I make, I'll write something down, and Christina's going to critique it, and. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Yeah, her critique will be in the book, so yeah. Uh, (laughs) But uh, uh, kind of like a perspective from both sides. It's just our smart mouth. 
pretty much. Um, our, for those that don't know, our show is uh, not really totally family friendly. And uh, so sometimes I'll say something just uh, in my own way of saying it, and Christina will call me out on it. And then sometimes uh, it's kind of like Archer when he says phrasing, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things with uh, WRUU LP is um, it is a community radio, so we do uh, you know honor that you know clean language. Even though you know we can talk about adult topics, but without using foul language, and there's a way to do that. So I appreciate y'all uh, kind of cleaning it up for uh, for our local <laughs> show here today. I need to be better. I, I I'm so I need to work on it anyway. I kind of think of it like you know when you go to work, you have to you know use professional language. You know what I mean? Versus, like, yeah. if you're out with your friends, you can kind of cut up a little bit more. But, yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, believe it or not, out of the two of us, she's the one with the potty mouth. No. Uh, <laughs> we're only talking, like, half a percentage more. Yeah. No. <laughs> so what's something that kind of freaked you out on an investigation? Uh, it was at, in Costa Rica around 92. My uh, cousin Ronald and I were chasing this UFO around the uh, mountain valley the Central Valley of Costa Rica. And we followed it actually right back to our neighborhood. Hmm. And uh, we got on top of, uh, there's a park by the house where I grew up, and it has a big hill on it. And we got on the hill, and we were videotaping it. And everywhere the UFO flew over, the power, the, that buildings and the structures under the UFO, the power would go out. And it was just very strange looking and it went through uh like five or six it's kind of hard to explain but on the top of the hill you could actually see parts of the uh provinces which are kind of like states and that's because they all join in the central valley area in san jose okay so uh we're seeing like corners of these states and it was flying over different areas and the power would go out and then of course it flew over not directly over us, but by our neighborhood, and the power went out. And we went back to uh, to review the video, and there's no image on the video. It's all, like, static. But the audio had, like, this weird noise, and it wasn't my cousin and I talking. And my aunt actually was videotaping it with us because she saw what we were doing, and she saw what was flying around. And she had no audio but video. Oh, wow. And to me, to this day, that's still the strangest thing because I can't explain it. And uh, ghost-wise, it's something else, but because this is a family show, we can't really get to that. Okay. <laughs> so with that uh, with that experience, did you uh, did it kind of spark your interest in, in the paranormal from there? Or? Oh, I was already sparked before then. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I remember as a kid watching X Files, and like you said, Christina, I've been I've been watching like shows like that pretty much my whole yeah. life, um, and like unsolved mysteries, that kind of thing. So, you know, I've I've never really been into paranormal investigations, but I've always thought it's kind of interesting. You know, stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there that's not explained, and we can't really explain what it is. Age wise, for me, it's a little different because uh, have I've seen UFO? The first UFO I ever remember seeing, I was like five years old. And I was in Wheeling, West Virginia. And from then on, I was booked. But my mom was really big into it 
so of course through your curiosity that fueled mine and then by the time i was 13 or 14 i was running around looking for the things myself ghost wise that didn't ghost the paranormal doing ghosts and spirits that was more like 18 19 20 when i started getting into that hmm. and uh that had to do again with personal experience as well in the house i was living in a stone mountain I was hearing disembodied voices. I was seeing shadows. Actually, it was kind of a little bit before that because I was living in a house in Decatur and I was hearing different. I would always remember hearing my name being called somewhere in the backyard or in the house and no one called. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. What about you, Christina? What's uh, something that kind of freaked you out and, you know, with the paranormal well, stuff? Well, I'm not sure if it really scared me or anything i got more excited <laughs> mm-hmm. but this one it happened maybe two three years ago not too long ago i was actually on an investigation with the group that i used to be with um and we were up in the north georgia mountains kind of over in blue ridge area and there's this really old house over there um and it's called the chastain house and it's got a lot of history to it. Uh, a doctor used to work and own it, work out of it and own it. And I think he actually used it as a uh, war hospital at some point. But, and I think also it was an orphanage. Hmm. Uh, but, I mean, there was a lot of stories, and it was funny because they were... They did kind of make it into a bed and, bread and breakfast, the owners were. And they were really open to letting people and groups coming in there, doing investigations and everything. They wanted, you know, you got permission and everything. But so we get there and you look around, there's probably four bedrooms or rooms downstairs and another four upstairs. And they had it gutted down to the studs. So you could see. Basically, the entire floor, like, if you're, like, standing on the first floor, you can see everything. And So, so you can see, like, all the old infrastructure and stuff from the building? Yeah, you could see everything. And uh, there wasn't any electricity either. Oh, okay. We hadn't got to that point yet. Uh, but, so, we're setting up, getting all of our gear ready for the investigation. And even starting, like, setting up, we hadn't even started investigating and we kept getting activity it was crazy one of the investigators uh she liked to bring kind of like trigger objects basically like toys something that will kind of interact or get some of the spirits to maybe do something Mm -hmm. so she had a lot of these little tiny dolls and she put them there was a bench upstairs and she put them along the bench so that they wouldn't, like, fall off or anything. Well, we're about close to starting the investigation, and one of the investigators goes upstairs, and one of the dolls on that bench was thrown at him. Hmm. And he's like, what was that? Hmm. Kind of more like at his feet. And so that, that was just the starting. But the more memorable part of that investigation uh that we decided to split up because we had maybe six people that night with us. And so three went in first and we decided all the girls were going to go in first. 
and I was upstairs in that same room that that happened earlier, um, sitting at a chair with two other women in the room. So all the guys were outside. And the, my view, I could see the stairwell from the back of that room kind of going downstairs, and we had a shadow detector set up. And that shadow detector gave off, like, a red light. And we're out in the middle of nowhere, so cars aren't driving by. I mean, we're kind of secluded. So all of a sudden, like, we're trying to ask questions and everything, and I see this shadow go from right to left along that um, hallway in front of the stairwell. It didn't have a form, but it was definitely a black shadow. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, that was awesome. And we asked them to do it again. And they did. They did it two more times. And the other investigators, we all saw it at the same time. It wasn't one of those, you think maybe your eyes are playing tricks on you. It was kind of validated when the two other girls saw it. So that was one of my ones that I'm, to this day, I was like, wow, that was awesome. Uh, that is uh, kind of freaky. How did, how did you two meet? Uh, I don't Dragon. know. I, well, the thing is, I think we kind of knew each other before then. Mm-hmm. Like, well, as acquaintances, because my sister worked somewhere where one of Will's friends worked. And I don't know. I think I think we kind of like were acquaintances like on Facebook before then. Well, I think, I think, well, the first time I really met you was at DragonCon. But I think we yeah. bumped into each other before at Netherworld because I think your sister worked there with Roy. Yeah. When uh, I was helping Roy out with stuff. And I think it's probably the first time I like bumped into you or something. Yeah, that part was it. And I didn't know you were in the paranormal back then. Well, now you did. Yeah. <laughs> so you met at Dragon Con. Where you, uh, I know you were talking about before uh, when I when we talked last year. You were, you were uh, involved in some kind of judging contest or something like that at Dragon Con. Is that uh, right? I was a uh, part of uh, with Roy when uh, Roy, would, my best friend Roy, would do. Uh, he was on the show Face Off. Uh, for a long time on sci-fi and he would do like makeup events and makeup workshops and then he would sit me up and uh, I would do judging for him and the the people he was teaching on his uh, workshops which was a lot of fun yeah that's pretty uh, cool then of course I would do uh, panels and stuff on the paranormal and so was Christina with her team yeah I wonder if I know it was at the paranormal track where we kind of met. I think. Yeah, you were setting a, a dog that had a Superman cape on. Oh, I was, I was, yeah, nerding out at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wearing my Rick and uh, Morty shirt today, nerding out too. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I, uh, I think it's really cool. So with the the radio show and the writing, you know, one of the things with this, this show that I wanted to do was to focus on uh, how people can get involved, you know, because a lot of people have goals, you know, they'll say, well, I want to be a photographer, I want to be a writer or painter, artist, whatever, cosplayer, you know, there's a lot of different artistic things that people do. And um, one of the things I wanted to do was be able to share 
that process, you know, I know people ask me, well, you know, when, when can I call myself a writer? And I, I always answer, you know, well, do you write? <laughs> and, you know, it's a simple <laughs> question, but you know, um, if you're, if you write, you're a writer, it doesn't mean that you're going to be published or famous or anything like that. And sometimes even when you are published, you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to be famous. Right. <laughs> so, um, that's one of the things yeah. that I, uh, I wanted to ask you guys about, um, you know, with, with your process, you know, how do you, how did you get involved in, in writing? How did you get involved with, you know, with the show? Um, you know, where, where do you get, you know, a genesis for ideas sometimes, you know, cause I mean, I'm sure, you know, everybody talks about writer's block, but I'm sure with the show that you have sometimes where you're like, Oh, you know, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, the sh- it, it's a different process for a different, for each thing. Right. For me, I'm not entirely sure how it is for Christina, but like if I'm writing the type of scripts that I write, I have to get into the world of the absurd in my head. And can we, I can have- we, do you mind if we, you know, share with people like, that you know you worked on a really popular show. Do you mind? If, do you mind if we tell everybody that you were with Sharknado? What? Yeah, that that one. <laughs> now that we're on the last one, but the other one, I kind of we're we're kind of holding off on it because uh, the the one the season that I, I am not involved with is running at the moment. <laughs> right. Right. And Danger Island is very awesome. People to so go watch it, but still. But, uh, yeah, with that type of stuff, I have to get into the world of the absurd. I mean, I I just have to start. And Christina can't stand it when I'm in that mood. Uh, That mood. Like bizarre world type thing? Yeah, I'm just into pure. uh, To put it politely, I'm into pure silly mode. Uh, I'm thinking just crazy, crazy stuff. It's like. the best way to explain it is a Monty Python mode. You know, you're you're just thinking the most silly and absurd thing that you could think of, and then you're trying to make it work. And it's kind of funny because she's doing that right now on a project, <laughs> and, and and I can see her totally enjoy it. But when she sees someone else does it, I think she sees how it's kind of ridiculous, mm-hmm. and she kind of plays off on it. Yeah. <laughs> but, really, well. Yeah, it, but it is a strange thing. I mean, I never forget when I first did it on a, on a film, uh, Attack of the Killer Donuts, which is a more recent film, but it was written a lot earlier. Um, it was a weird place to be. It was a very weird place to be because uh, it's, you know, it's not normal when you're being there sober, best way to put it. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, there, to me, I wanted to actually go back to something you're saying. There's a difference between being a writer and being an author. Um, when you're writing, you're a writer, whether it gets published, whether it gets put out there or not. And then being an author, even when it gets put out there, because there's a lot of stuff that a lot of people write that we never get credit on. My name is not on a lot of things that I've worked on because I'm so far down the list mm-hmm. of the people involved in the project. But when you get published, like in my book, Souls of Norcross, the other one coming out, or uh, working on uh, some other films where my name has actually been on them, now you're a published author, and there's a difference there because people expect the same quality every time which is very hard to do there 
when you become an author, there's expectations now. Whether you're popular or not popular or nothing, you know, or, or nobody, if someone's read it, they expect your next work to be similar or of the same quality. And that's usually what I tell a lot of people. It's like, when you become a writer, you need to write. Become an author, someone needs to accept it. And then you're going to start having to meet expectations. And um, it becomes more of a complicated process. But... I was uh, actually I was actually talking with a friend of mine recently who is an author, and um, we were talking about the same thing. You know that uh, when you put something out there, you know, you progress and you work on it. You you know, get better. You know, you meet you meet a lot of new people, and you know those people help help you along the way. And you know they also have influence of you know your writing style and how you can improve and that kind of thing. And uh, it is it it can be kind of frustrating sometimes when you know you you feel like you're you know, you're, you're really doing a great piece of work and, um, you know, you're getting some feedback, but it's not getting a lot of traction and, uh, oh. you know, and promoting a book versus just writing it and publishing it are like two different realms. I mean, promotion and yeah. advertising are, you know, like the first 10% is actually writing the book and publishing it. And then the next 90% is, is, <laughs> you know, getting the word out there about it, you know, and trying to build an audience. But there's also a frustration in the writing process. Christina and I were writing a vampire story. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it was slightly absurd, but it was very tame and mature compared to what I usually write. Mm -hmm. And we, I, well, I hit a block, and I still have not got over that wall. I mean, I, I don't know where to progress with the story because it's like I wrote... I got into the second act, and now I got all these other ideas that have to go back to the first act. But now the first act is too long if I put them in, so it becomes a, 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 a like a war mm -hmm. with the story. And um, that you know that's a different mindset too. That uh, like when I write something of the absurd, I have to get in that mind frame. But when I write something about the paranormal or more of a traditional story, I have to get into a very, very relaxed state to have the story come out. Because if not, it, it, it comes out in too many pieces. And none of them are, are, like, strung together. It's like I'll have a great idea for the third act and the second act and then back to the third act and back to the first act. It's almost like I'd have to have three different notebooks to put the act <laughs> together. And, Christina, when you're working together like this and... You know, you're writing. What What are your thoughts about that kind of thing? Uh, well, like one of the um, ones we're working on right now, um, the idea for it actually, I think it came from a dream. <laughs> and I don't. That's a great. That's a great. I don't source. exactly remember the the dream, mm -hmm. but I remember waking up. I was like, "Oh, I got to write this down." Because. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we've been going off of since then. But, yeah, it's like, for me, it's almost like, okay, where do I want this story to go? Mm -hmm. What's that ending point? And then, okay, I know where that is. Then I feel like I can work on filling in the details, filling in the missing pieces. Yeah. But, I mean, I, it's kind of absurd, same lines as Will's. Stuff, but I, 
I always have to check with him because I feel like he's the master when it comes to the absurd stuff. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> is this too out in left field or is it just right? Like, <laughs> I think I think that's so, a great like a great temperature check. You know, you're like, hey, does this sound like um, completely abnormal and absurd, or does it kind of you know make sense or what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, it and to make sense within the story. Yeah, line. that too. Yeah. Right, right. Does it fit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and something. like with, I find writing, um, kind of like we're we're working on a book right now about some of our paranormal experiences. That to me, that just rolls right off. It's easy because it, it's something that has happened. You just write it down, and. I mean, fix it later, and you're you're pretty much done. <laughs> yeah, me, that's the easiest kind of writing. Yeah, I've heard the yeah, editing sure. process yeah. is like the uh, the where you're actually really writing, like the the first draft and stuff is just you know where you're just putting out a flurry of ideas and you know you're kind of boning it together, putting it you know pinning it together or whatever, and fleshing it out, and then you go back and you edit, just like you're saying before about you know now Act One doesn't really mesh up with act two and three, mm-hmm. you know, where you have to go back and edit it to make it make sense. So I was commissioned to do uh, two screenplays like about three years ago. And one of them was Sheared and Left My News, Carmelia. And God, I never, I never realized how hard it is to rewrite someone else's work. Mm-hmm. Um, that comes from a completely, that that's a skill on its own, I think. Because what I ended, they wanted me to take that movie but create a beginning uh, uh, and an end to the narrative, and I had that means I had to dream up new uh, scenes that were not in the book, and that was extremely hard. And in, in the end, it ended up being longer than the actual story. Sadly, it never got picked up though; it never got filmed, and uh, the rights went away. So now someone else is working on it mm. Praise <laughs> well we're, we're getting ready to hit the uh the half an hour mark when we need to do a, a couple of uh station announcements can you uh can you both hold on for just a minute yes sir that'd, yeah that'd be great now uh i'm gonna i'm gonna just play the studio announcements and uh you've been listening to muses memoirs and more i'm your host adam messer i appreciate you tuning in and get ready to uh, hear some awesome uh station program announcements You are listening to WRUULP, hey, guys, Savannah, you... Georgia, 107.5, yes, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. The Swan Song, Tybee Island's final prom, is Saturday, July 14th from I'm 7 to 11 know. p.m. at Tybee American Legion yeah, Hall. The prom benefits the Island's Feral Cat Project. Entertainment includes live music from the girlfriends and the last crowning of the Tybee Prom King and Queen. For more information, 912-484-7355. Okay, okay.
WRUU listeners like you crave exploration so and discovery. That's how we can offer your guess, business okay. or organization a unique way to separate your name from the clutter inherent in commercial radio advertising. Underwriting on non-commercial WRUU will make your name stand out because we allow only a limited number of sponsorships per hour, and your message will be reaching listeners who are actively engaged in programs that demand their attention. Let our team build a customized plan to meet your marketing goals by linking your name to our unique music and talk programs. For more information, email underwriting at WRUU dot org. WRUU 107.5 FM is community radio with Global Soul. Tune in later today. From 5 to 6, PT Bridgeport presents When the Moon Sings, quiet and contemplative music and interviews with local writers and artists. From 6 to 7, Carrie Smith presents The Verb Altitude Hour, discussing a wide range of topics and contemporary political news. From 7 to 8, Curtis Dansby presents okay. Midnight Rain, Smooth Jazz, Classic Soul, Neo Soul, and I'm R&B. From 9 to 10, DJ Wildlife Beezy presents Wildlife Radio, Independent and Mainstream Rap and R&B. From 10 to 11, Chris Susie presents The Odd Time Radio Hour, Stories and Songs in the Style of Old Time Radio. From 11 to midnight, Max Zukoff presents Backseat Tunes, everything indie, from shoegaze to dream pop and college rock. Find our full schedule at wruu.org. Please, no, I can't hear that anymore. Hey, and we're back. This is Adam Messer with your host for Muses, Memoirs, and More. And my guests today are Will Amarich and Christina Kiefer from Rock Radio and More. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? How you doing? Can you hear me? Good. Yeah. All right. So, Will, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, great. Yeah, um, thanks a lot for uh, being our guest today uh, on our first show for Muses, Memoirs, and More. Uh, your show about authors, artists, and entertainers. So we were talking earlier before the break about uh, the the writing process and and uh, having to go back through with editing. And sometimes that you know that, that can be one of the hardest things uh, with writing. It's not so much getting oh, yeah. the ideas, but you know going back and saying, hey, does this fit or does it not fit? And so can you tell me a little bit more about like, you know, your current project, you know, you're working on, you know, the, uh, the, the writing process with it. Um, uh, it's pretty much all Christina's, uh, story, believe it or not. Uh, but the process for me is almost been the same as it was for NATO. Uh, it's, it's just thinking of crazy stuff and running with it. Like, uh, a gigantic, uh, prehistoric sloth chasing someone to kill them and for some reason the person can't seem to run away um, <laughs> I mean it, it's stuff like that I mean that that's the mentality that I'm in when writing it uh, and then you know finding inspiration for new scenes like that video where you see like a little tornado take away uh, porta potty I have this whole idea of someone actually being in that porta potty oh gosh and um, <laughs> like Wizard of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. 
And so, you know, it's, it's really absurd things like that that, that uh, is inspiring me in, in the process that I'm in. But when we start editing it, that's when it becomes uh, a chore. Because, um, like, we, for instance, her and I had this really major drawn-out scene, which had some exposition in it, where last week, right, uh, working on it, we kind of already removed it. And we shortened the intro by adding three, like, two new scenes back-to-back. Well, there weren't new scenes. There were scenes that were later on in the story that are now in the intro. Okay. And uh, so, you know, you have to speed up the narrative and uh, actually also uh, entertain the audience in the process uh, when they see it. So it changes things. And it's a a really hard mindset because after a while, these things become your baby. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You you get attached to the the story and what you've kind of created. But my my background, I I've done more scientific writing, which if you've ever read like a scientific paper, it's very dry to the point. There's nothing exciting about it. And coming from that, and then have and doing something like this, it's like a relief. It's because mm. it's, it's it's a lot more fun to do when it, scientific writing. It's oh goodness. You have to have everything in a certain way. Very, it's just boring. <laughs> yeah, and I've, the whole, I've done a lot of academic yeah, writing with my um, with uh, my degrees that I, I worked on. So I, I know what you mean with that. And I imagine so, scientific writing, especially with data and analysis and things like that, probably a little yeah. bit more uh, a little bit more dry. Oh, it's oh, it's, sometimes I enjoy it, but when somebody else read your work they're like this is this is horrible like why are you making me read this this is not fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i went to school to be a preacher and in the end i did piranha conduct yay <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> <coughs> excuse me i think it's like, uh really? i think it's cool uh, you know I, I i prefer honestly reading nonfiction, but i like to write fiction um and i enjoy it uh, so I think it's kind of weird how our brains work that, you know, you can, you can have one study of subject, uh, and that's what you do. And then when it comes to creatively doing something else, you know, like you said, you, you, you try to think of what's the most absurd, you know, or, uh, mm-hmm. weird thing out there, you know, and, and then does it fit? And I, I just think it's kind of crazy how our brains can work that way. You know? Well, I, I like to do it just because people tell me you can't. Or you shouldn't. I mean, you look at a tornado and you look at a bunch of sharks in the water and you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you tell someone and they're like, that's the dumbest thing ever. No one would want to see that. And okay, there you go. You're <laughs> yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah, and you had a ton of people want to watch it. And they have multiple uh, <laughs> multiple sequels to it. This is the last one. So, yep. Well, the last one that anyone's admitting to. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> that might be another spinoff series. Oh, you know it. They're going to turn I, into a cartoon. Did, did you see I the video it. yesterday about the? Uh, I can't remember where it was, but there was a a rainstorm that was uh, actually throwing uh, live uh, aquatic life uh, into the streets. 
Yeah, well, there was one in Australia that happened uh, a year ago, which actually threw live uh, sharks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I forget it, like everyone all over Twitter is, is throwing me and Thunder Levin, the main writer, and, and uh, Anthony all these uh, like they're linking it to us, going, "Oh my God, it's real!" Oh yeah, <laughs> like uh, art imitating life, and then life imitating art. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was saying that to me, uh, it's, I, I like to write what, you know, like, because it can't, people are saying it can't be done, but at the same time, I like, uh, writing what I want to see. Like, I have, I've been throwing around this idea about having a serial killer trapped in a cruise ship. Hmm. And, uh, it's like a serious, murder mystery but of course in the process of trying to write it with myself and then throwing the idea to other people no one could come up with an ending so of course i was like this is a great way to reboot sharknado because in the end a sharknado pops up and takes out the whole ship hmm. <laughs> that's how it ends kind of like a prequel to the well, not a prequel but just you know five years down the road when people forgot about sharknado this is just a weird way to bring it back oh okay yeah <laughs> that'd be kind of neat yeah. Remember these things? <laughs> Gosh. Do you remember? Do you remember when? Yeah, that's kind of cool. I think it's better than bringing back Piranha Condo, which is what everyone wants to bring back. And I'm like, that's that, no. Yeah. No. So. It's not bad. I enjoyed it, but it's just, no. <laughs> wow. So we're, um, this is, um, Muses, Memoirs, and More. I'm your host, Adam Messer, and today's guests are Will Amarich and Christina Kiefer. We're on uh, WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with Global Soul. So today's guests, um, if you're just now tuning in, um, are Will Amarich and Christina Kiefer. They are uh, the co-hosts for the Rock Radio and More show. And uh, a couple of my friends, I met them last year. And, you know, they're paranormal investigators. They're writers. They're, uh, gosh, there's a lot of stuff that you guys are. So <laughs> I appreciate y'all being on the show today. We were just talking about uh, writing and and uh, Sharknado and, and <laughs> a vampire story, uh, paranormal stories. So I really appreciate y'all being on the show today. No problem. Thanks. Uh, Christina, you were uh, saying that you had the, the vision in a dream, and you're like, I have to write this down. Um, tell me about that dream. What was it what Was it like? Without, you know, you don't have to reveal the story or anything like that, but, you know, what was it like? It was, well, I don't remember exactly what the dream was, but I just remember I woke up, I was like, oh, my goodness, I need to write this down real quick. I mean, it was one of those dreams that was kind of vivid, mm-hmm. and you re- kind of, you know, you some dreams you like a lucid type right dream. off the bat, and then other ones you remember. I was like, oh, I got to write this down, and I ended up, it was funny, because I text, I think it was that morning, right when I woke up, I messaged Will, and I was like, hey, how about this idea? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was a good idea. Well, on your side of it, um, what were you thinking? Well, when she uh, when she contacted you about it, I like the idea. Actually, she's done it twice. 
And the first one, uh, I actually have it written down on a memo pad in my desk. It's uh, more of an apocalyptic type story, which is really oh. cool. <laughs> the second one is the one that we're actually working on, which, uh, to give you a hint, has to do with the La Brea Tar Pit and the fossils coming back to life. Oh, but the okay. Name, the, the name of the story is Pure Sci-Fi Channel Gold. <laughs> Pure Sci-Fi Channel Gold? It's right up there with Sharknado and Three-Headed Shark Attack. It, it, oh, my goodness. People will just want to watch it just because of the name. Yeah, I mean, that does sound pretty cool. I uh, I remember when they changed it uh, to the Sci-Fi Channel uh, from Sci-Fi, S-C-I, F-I to S-Y, F-Y. And uh, mm-hmm. always been one of those uh, kind of, you know, grew up watching Star Trek and um, especially Next Gen was one of my uh, favorite shows as a kid. And uh, I've always had a, and I, you know, I've kind of enjoyed like that nerdy, geeky stuff. Um, and I think you're right. People would, just because of the title, they would kind of check it out and, and say, well, what's this about? Well, the, the year the first Sharknado came out was the year that they really tried to bank on doing stuff that's more uh, geek and fan related, not just in the sci fi genre. And uh, if someone is willing to dig into my Instagram and go back, there's a picture of uh, a bunch of the DVDs that was submitted to sci-fi. And the funny thing is, is all of these have like these special packages like Lake Placid and all that stuff. And Sharknado is there on a rewritable DVD just written in a marker. Hmm. And, and I never forget, people looked at that and they were like, oh, that, that, that's sounds cool what the heck is it (laughs) (laughs) and and, uh the the fact of the matter is is is, uh that it goes in a mark there's that like what you and i were saying the 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 part of selling the story uh is that's where it gets hard because when you're even if you're writing something that's dramatic or really good like take for instance the movie seven Imagine trying to sell that to someone, a serial killer who kills someone based upon the seven uh, seven deadly sins of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. That sounds boring. But when you watch the actual movie, it's incredible. Uh, or imagine someone trying to pitch Casablanca. Hmm. <laughs> the movie sounds far more complicated than it really is. When you try to break it down, I mean, it's it, selling a story is to me, is always the hard part. But the inspiration and the muse to the story is, is always the fun part. Because uh, that, that's when you get to play, in my opinion. Yeah. And then you trim it down, and when you look at what what happens, like, oh, when you're writing, and when you're doing authorship of your own book, this doesn't happen as much because you're editing it yourself. Right. But when you're working on a screenplay or a movie, your draft usually gets handed to another writer who trims yours apart. And then they take his draft to someone else who trims it apart even more. Because you, you have to trim it down to where every page is one minute of the movie, approximately. And then uh, it ends up coming back, like in my case, it usually ends up coming back to me to do dialogue in a lot of stories. And uh, 
what ends up getting handed to me if I worked on it beforehand to do dialogue is kind of sad because it's usually completely different from what was originally written. And But that's something that happens to TV and uh, movies like crazy. You know, you get this great idea, and then with the movie that comes out in the end is very different from what you originally wrote, but most of the time it's better. So there is that aspect of it. Have Unless you ever, you're working on a low budget. <laughs> have you ever heard of that book called Save the Cat? No. It's a screenwriting uh, book. And uh, I can't think of the author's name right off the top of my head, but it's been a really popular book. Uh, and they say that Hollywood kind of follows that format. You know, every every page is a minute of, uh, you know, action or dialogue or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that he talks about is uh, back in the day that, you know, they used to have, you know, where you'd have a scene where it would show the first scene would show who the, the good guy is or the good uh, good girl or whatever and why, you know. Um, and then it would go through and, and it's kind of weird because the formula that the guy laid out in the book, it's almost a a magical formula that Hollywood follows step by step by step. But, uh, you know, it's very formulaic. I mean, they, they're like, you know, at this minute there's going to be, you know, this and this and this, and it, it really touches with the audiences, you know, what people expect. It's kind of like saying the same story, but, you know, telling a different story with different characters, but having the same kind of format. Well, there, there is a, a formula. There is a direct formula to screenwriting, uh, especially when it comes to creating the story. Uh, you, it's three acts, 90 minutes, uh, 90 pages, one minute a page. Um, and then, uh, you know, everyone needs to be introduced within the first three pages. Uh, the plot needs to be uh, put in place within the first five minutes. And then, of course, everything needs to pan out in the third act. And that's pretty much the formula except for Steven Spielberg. Spielberg does <laughs> yeah. two and a half acts. And by the time that third, that half act or that third act comes in, everything is a sealed deal within five minutes. And that's been his formula for everything except Schindler's List. Hmm. And... Um, uh, M. Night Shyamalan kind of follows that uh, that formula as well. But yeah, you you have to have the characters and the plot done in the beginning. You have to have the uh, MacGuffin put in somewhere in the second act, and everything needs to pi- needs to start panning out immediately from the beginning of the third act. And the third act should never take longer than fifteen minutes. Hmm. But that has been kind of changing because of the Marvel movie recently yeah. there's a lot more hanging with your uh with your book that you're working on it it's more kind of like a docu type book where you're 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 just talking about some of your uh experiences and that kind of thing is that right yeah yeah so with that you know thinking about kind of thinking out ahead um you know are there any plans to doing uh like a screen adaptation of of any of that I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, it's almost every chapter in a book. It's different. It's 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 almost ever. It's an individual investigation, and it could be something that Will did, or it could be something that I did. Okay. Not all of them so, are together. Uh, yeah. We we decided and agreed to go like 
early on in our histories and, and actually write and tell of investigations that we did before we met one another. So I'm going to have, I mean, I guess each chapter can be written as an adaptation, especially like a, an audio one, like for an audio book or, or an audio drama, but visual for a story, it, it would take some creative license on some of these stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I, I noticed with a lot of people doing short films. Um, like recently here in Savannah, we had the forty-eight hour film um, festival, and you know, kind of just taking film to the next level. You know, and, and circling back around with the show, you know, just people have so many different aspects that you know they can be uh, creatively. You know, they can be a writer, a painter, um, musician. You know, radio talk show host. You know. Uh, a paranormal investigator. There's so many creative ways that you can do things out there. And, uh, you know, so that's one of the reasons why I, I really enjoy it and enjoy meeting creative people like yourself, uh, with both of y'all, because you, you, you kind of feed off that energy. You get, you know, that good vibe and, you know, kind of helps you with your project the next time that you're working on it, you know? And, and I do believe, I believe that you should try to work on, you know, whatever you're doing, try to do something, at least one thing a day towards it, you know? Yeah, we we need to get better at that. Will. <laughs> yeah, at the moment though, I'm I just stare at my foot and nothing happens. <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's times like you know I I've, I've been working on a, a actually a vampire story too called the Covenant of Savannah. It's a, a series of short stories, kind of like a historical fictional type setting in Savannah, and I've written three stories already. And I haven't touched it in about a month. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. You know, there's times where, you know, uh, you just kind of get a lot of work done. And then there's other times where you, know, you have other priorities that you have to take care of. And, you know, so yeah. it's understandable. Normally, Will and I, we try to at least meet up once a week. Sometimes we can't do that, but we try to meet up once a week and work for like three or four hours oh, on nice. some of our projects. Yeah, so I guess it kind of maybe makes up <laughs> for not working on it every day, but and then some thing, of the huh? It, it, the thing has to be that you uh, you need to keep yourself inspired in the story that you're creating. Like for me right now, I'm having a ball with the book, with the uh, you know just writing down my adventures from memory, but. When it comes to creating the story, the screenplay that Christina and I are working on, uh, it's been a little bit tougher. Uh, primarily because I don't want to rehash uh, things that I've already done in these type of crazy stories. Yeah, and we also try to combine both of our ideas so it creates something new. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate both of y'all being on the show today. Um, I'm, I'm getting ready to uh, wrap the hour up, but... You've been listening to Muses, Memoirs, and More. Um, our guests today have been Will Amarich and Christina Kiefer. Thank you so much for being on, both of y'all. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. And uh, coming up next, we have Ed Susevich with Savannah on Film. So stay tuned while we play some station announcements. Hey, are you there? Yeah. 
WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. Welcome to Muses, Memoirs, and More, Savannah's show about authors, artists, and entertainers. I'm your host, Adam Messer. 